Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hands Down DFS podcast. Uh, we're doing a little week five recap and week six first look here. Uh, I've got Scotty with me as always. Scotty, how was your week five? Week five uh, went really well as far as the main slate. Some of the showdown games have been giving me a little bit of headaches. But no, yeah, the, um, as far as the main slate, I kind of missed on the tight end and defense. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, no, yeah, as far as a lot of my quarterbacks did well, a lot of my running backs did well. I'm excited to jump into kind of doing a little bit of a victory lap with those guys. Glad to hear you did well because I, on the other hand, had a, had a rough week of it. It was not my best week. I started off the season strong. First two weeks came out plenty ahead, plenty ahead of the money. But, man, I have been struggling the last two weeks. So hoping to bounce back week six. But before we get into that, um, first we'll thank Optimal DFS. Uh, we've talked about them plenty here. They're iOS mobile uh, optimizer for your DraftKings FanDuel lineups. They've got basically every NFL slate you can think of and. Now that we're getting these weird Tuesday night slates or Tuesday to Sunday or Tuesday to Monday, all these kind of weird slates. I mean, they've got everything and you can, you know, optimize 150 lineups with a click of the button. So they're awesome. Thanks for, thanks to Optimal DFS. Um, but we, we previewed our, not previewed, we debuted our uh, first segment of this podcast last week, the I'm sorry and told you segment. And we're going to continue that with week five recap. Um, we're going to give you our plays that we called and our told you we were, they were going to do good. And we're going to give you plays that we just completely missed on and write you guys a formal apology for, you know, maybe wasting some of your money as we wasted our money on these guys. So we'll jump into it. Just looking at quarterbacks, Scotty, you said you did pretty good on quarterbacks. Who, who's your, who's your told you? Well, as far as quarterbacks, the, the guy that I said, I said this was a, Teddy Bridgewater kind of week, and it very much so turned out to be. I have a new strategy um, as far as playing a quarterback. It's just look at the schedule, who's playing the Falcons, do that quarterback. So a little bit of a spoiler alert for the first look. This is a Kirk Cousins kind of week coming up, um, and it was a Teddy Bridgewater kind of week last week. He uh, was he was able to bring home 23 points, um, almost 24 points, really happy with it. Uh, unfortunately, on the I'm sorry side, both of my other two quarterbacks went down with injuries. Dak Prescott breaks my heart. I hate it. Um, nobody likes that. Um, and it's just, it's just, just sad. Um, and then Jimmy G also was hurt, um, kind of. And they just kind Miami. Miami was obviously so good uh, because they are just the offensive and defensive juggernaut that they are in this league. That, um, yeah, obviously. But yeah. because of how I mean, amazing. everyone saw it coming. Yeah, obviously, as who who else didn't uh, see Miami hanging up what forty seven on the Forty ers yeah. Obviously, so uh, but yeah. that was why Jimmy G was out. Yeah, and, and not to digress too much, but I was saying how I don't know when the last time I just watched a dolphin the Dolphins dominate a game from start to finish. It has been at least two years since that happened. So that was that was a good Sunday at least. It made up for some of these uh, DFS losses. That was um, um, watching that game was it was unbelievable to watch living in Florida. That was the game that was unfortunately on my TV, but <laughs> no, it was great. Great. Yeah, that was fun. Um, my QBs, I was in similar boat as you. I loved Kyler Murray. I thought he was still underpriced, even though he kept getting bumped up, and he was the third highest QB on the slate, put up thirty DK points. 
that was, I mean, I'm going to continue to play Kyler Murray. Even this week, we were taking our look at quarterbacks right before this. And I was like, I knew the Cardinals were playing the Cowboys coming up. And I was like, let's see where Murray's going to be priced. If he's under 8,000, I'm playing him. Then I was like, crap, they're not on the main slate. So that kind of sucked. But yeah, love Murray. Murray will keep playing him until he's like priced up there, you know, with uh, with your Lamar Jacksons and Mahomes. And then just like you, unfortunately, I had Kyle Allen. I I didn't play too much of him. I knew he came with his risks, but I thought that like dirt cheap minimum price, 4,100 basically. Uh, it doesn't hurt to throw him in a lineup or two. And he, uh, I think he got hurt. He was definitely removed from the game, but I'm pretty sure he got hurt. He wasn't just flat out benched. And then uh, also pivoted off of Minshew to Matt Ryan. That was a terrible call. These Falcons are bad. So I, I'm sorry if you played any of those two guys. Um, as how far about as, your running backs? Yeah, as far as running backs go, man, we could go down the list. I feel like I hit pretty good on each and every one of them. Uh, biggest hit, I think, was uh, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley came in. Um, a lot of people were talking about how explosive that game was going to be. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like the running back in this spot. Uh, he was 13% owned uh, in at least one of these tournaments. And so – I can't say that he was like a steal, but I mean, getting 28 points out of him, that's a good day uh, at 5,700. Love that. And then going down the list, we had Chase Edmonds was a fantastic pick. I knew Kenny Drake, I knew it was too good to be true. So I pivoted off of it, said, you know what, Kenny Drake is your guy. Sure enough, he was, or not Kenny Drake, uh, Chase Edmonds was your guy. And then uh, Ezekiel Elliott didn't have necessarily the, like an amazing game, but 24 points. You can't be angry with it. Um, we live to see another day. So yeah, no, I, I really liked where I was at with my running backs. And that's good to hear because I just bombed the running backs, like completely bombed. I played so much Clyde Edwards Alaire. Um, I don't <laughs> like way too much. I think I was close to 68% on him. And he, I mean, it's not like I was the only one thinking that he came in 35% owned. I think the highest owned running back, if not in the top two. Um, 11 DK points, just that's not getting it done. Luckily, that's not what killed me because, you know, almost half of the field also had him. But then when you're also playing 50% David Johnson, who got 12 DK points, and then I went not too heavy, but like played a decent share of Antonio Gibson. I thought he was going to come in under-owned, and I thought he was kind of in line for a good game, and he came in at 15% owned and only at 10 points. So those are my three main guys, and, man, did they just – kill me this week that that is 100 where i lost my money because i did well on receivers but running backs man that was brutal yeah it's brutal man i apologize for anyone who read my running back picks i will try to get better this week hopefully they forgive you uh we have a tough week this week so we'll it'll be a tough week to bounce back you know it's a hard matchup for us but uh hopefully we can get something done yeah um on the receivers, I'll go first with my told you. And my biggest one was Jamison Crowder. Uh, this guy, for as bad as the Jets are, this guy's unbelievable. It, like He missed a couple games in between his, uh, his good games, but he had just been on fire and still has not fallen under like 25 DK points. He just looks good, and he continues to be priced in the mid-range, which I'm going to continue to attack as long as he's – price there because he's obviously you know the number one target on this Jets team no matter who's throwing the football so really really hit on Jameson Crowder told you there uh Slayton I was also heavy on a lot of other people were so I won't so much tell you there but um 
my I'm sorry. Uh, originally, I called out Chark. If you look, play Chark, I am deeply sorry because that was not a good play. Luckily, I pivoted Will Fuller, who wasn't much of a better play, but still 15, 15.8 DK points. Not terrible. How about you? Yeah, I think my biggest told you was a lot of people were only on, uh, at least in the beginning of the week, were only on Robbie Anderson. Uh, but I was like, hey, no, you got to play DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Uh, Moore was able to have 20 points. Uh, 20 DK points. He was at 12% owned, so it wasn't like he was crazy over uh, owned, but he also wasn't like a steal either. But no, um, both of those guys were able to cash in a big game. Uh, really liked both of them going up against a terrible um, Falcons team. I feel bad for how much we put the Falcons into the dirt, but man, that I mean, they good. deserve it. That defense They're is not bad. good. It is very not good. And I guess yeah. my, I'm sorry. Um, I'll get into some true I'm sorry's in a second once we moved over to tight end and uh, the defense side of the, uh, the ball. But, man, uh, Tyree Kill, I mean, he had 18 points. But, I mean, when you're looking at your number one wide receiver and he only gets you 18 points, it's not necess- not something that you love, especially when you got guys like uh, Chase Claypool and Travis Fulgham who were pretty much barely owned, dirt cheap, and they're putting up 34. <laughs> exactly. But um, – Chase Claypool, I mean, Steelers guy, love him. Uh, big fan of him. Uh, I think he is very sustainable. Looking at Travis Fulgham going forward, I'm not sure uh, if that will be sustainable because they're going to get guys like Deshaun uh, Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey back. But Chaypool, or Chaypool, Claypool could actually be the real deal. Um, I'm not saying he's going to get 46 points in the next couple of weeks, but he's definitely going to be a solid option in that Steelers offense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think Fulgham is gonna gonna do that again this year. And that Eagles team, for as much injuries as they have, they're gonna continue to get guys back, and that production is gonna be spread out. Uh, I'll I'll let you uh, hit your tight ends. Can, can I pass? Can I, can I pass on the tight ends? <laughs> do you want to delay until after me? I, I'm gonna. No, I'll do it, man. Told you, no one. I didn't. Not one of my tight ends hit. Um, I originally had Mark Andrews, but then I was like, hey, you know what? You shouldn't play Mark Andrews. And then he ended up getting the second most points for any tight ends. And <laughs> you know who I told you to switch out Mark Andrews for? I told you to play Tyler Higby. Guys, I'm sorry. How did he do? Tyler, yes. Tyler Higby got, had three points. He had three yeah. DK points. He, it was brutal, terrible. And then I was like, you know what? No. Uh, Eric Ebron, he's going to kill it. He's going to be awesome. He's for sure going to be a top five tight end. He had eight points. Terrible. Garbage. And then uh, Ingram. Ingram played with my emotions a little bit. He started off, had that touchdown pretty early. It's like, yes, this is it. I called it. Ingram game. And then he only ends up with... No action the rest of the game. Yeah, he only ends up with nine and a half in a game where uh, the Giants scored 34 points. It was like... That, yeah, I agree. That really upset me. I did play a decent chunk of Ingram and to see him score early and then just not just not get a look the rest of the game was was heartbreaking. I saw a crazy stat today as we were uh, writing our QB first looks, um, which is on handsdowndfs.com. You know, Daniel Jones doesn't have a throwing touchdown in the last four games. Really? So, like, yeah. since week one? Yeah. Like, week one against the Steelers, he had two. And then since then, he has not thrown a touchdown. Man. It blew my mind. If you can't tell you, 
against the Giants or the uh, the Cowboys. Cowboys. And they scored yeah. 34 points. No, no passing touchdown. Yeah, that's that my mind. That's interesting. <laughs> it's not really a sound of good things to come, is it? Although, <laughs> spoiler, you might like Daniel Jones this week. Oh, maybe. Maybe. We'll talk about that in a little. Um, my tight ends, my told you has to be, I, I did play Waller's my highest on tight end, but everyone loves Waller. But Austin Hooper didn't have an amazing game. Like 11 DK points is solid, but he came in at less than 1% owned for, uh, I believe he was at 4,100. And I, I loved that play just because I thought no one else was going to play him. And, you know, I was right. No one else really did play him as he was less than 1% known. And, hey, 11 DK points. Uh, I think he caught a touchdown, right? Is that how he got those DK points? Uh, uh, potentially. Yeah. So I was a fan of that play. But then I also played – I also played Hayden Hurst. I thought this Falcons team – for as bad as they are defensively, I thought they were just good offensively. They have way too many weapons and Gurley and Ridley and Hurst and Jones to just not do anything. But sure enough, they continue to just not do anything. So, Update on Hurst the Austin Hoopers, on the Austin Hooper stat. Five targets, five receptions, 57 yards, no touchdown. So that was just a pure 10.7 game. Just, well, there you go. You know, productive. Um. We'll just cover our defenses real quick, and I'll let Scotty expand. But on behalf of all of us here at Hands Down DFS, we'd like to apologize for playing first, like doubling down on the Steelers. They didn't. They had. They got you eight DK points. It's not like they lost you the tournament or whatever. But they were no Ravens. Um, no. The Ravens came in absolutely just shredded um, that poor Bengals offense. They ended up with twenty six DK points, um, and when you. And we're telling you guys that Steelers are going to be the number one defense, and they ended up maybe I think they're at like ten or something. Yeah, 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 they're at nine. It's um, it's tough. So we're sorry about that, guys. Just I, as a Steelers fan, I thought this was going to be a bloodbath against Carson Wentz, and of course the Eagles' offensive line is terrible. Steelers' defensive line is great. So what happens is Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders with 75 yard rushing touchdown because why not? Yeah. Yeah. And it was because the Steelers were up pretty, pretty big, a couple, like two, three possessions towards the middle we of the 17. game. We were yeah. So a comfortable lead. Uh, he holding Eagles to 14 points. And then just something happened. And then that Eagles team came back. Luckily, I was Travis, happy that Travis day. Fulgham happened. That's what happened. Yeah. But they, they did catch that. Uh, I don't know if it was the last second, last possession, whatever, Hail Mary. They got the interception there. Pad the stats a little bit, an extra two we DK had, points that we, helped. We had two interceptions. Yeah, yeah, but that, five sacks. when they were sitting at six game. points, like I was like, oh come on, and then they got that last interception. So then, you know, bumped them up a bit, made me at least not hate the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, it was brutal. It was as I was watching the game, I was just like, man, I let my guys down. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to the boys in the locker room, and they'll they'll come out uh, against this we'll Browns back. team. We'll bounce back. Uh, I hit big on the Dolphins. Um, huge, that, huge. Yeah, I I was just looking at the kind of below three K defenses and didn't really see anyone I liked. But I thought the Dolphins were in the best position playing against the 49ers, who like historically haven't had that great of an offense. They've always relied on their run game. Um, I know that, you know there's also Kittle is you know a decent football player. Don't get me wrong, but it's always been like a kind of low scoring team, and now they have. All these injuries, you got guys like Debo Sam, you know, coming back for their first or second game. Uh, Mostert, uh, Garoppolo, of course. 
it was just kind of a mess. And I was like, all right, the Dolphins can at least hold them to a low-scoring shootout. Not shoot, shootout, but a low-scoring kind of pitcher's duel. And instead, of they just held them and then blew them out. So that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like as Dolphins, apparently they're great. Get on the bandwagon while they're still well, real. Watch out for when Tua gets in. Ooh, no. Mm-mm. Only my boy, uh, my boy Ryan Fitzpatrick is fountain of youth material. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> okay. Well, we won't dwell on the past anymore, although Scott, you had a good week. So maybe you'd like to, hey, do you want to take one more victory lap with your wide receivers or are you ready to move on? No, you know what? I, I won't do that with the wide receivers. I'll do it with my running backs. My running backs were amazing. Gosh, love that. Um, Todd Gurley called it, man. Everybody was looking at the wide receivers. Nah, give Todd Gurley a yeah. chance. He's so back. we'll let Scotty kind of just bask in his glory for calling those running backs and winning some money while I sit here playing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a hundred times. And we'll move on to week six where we've got a lot of a lot of good teams either off or I, I don't even know anymore because I can't keep track of the schedule. I don't know if they're off because of COVID, off because of bye, off because of primetime games. But the, this – We'll jump right into quarterbacks. Just looking at the top of this, it gets it's very shallow very quick. Yeah. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, then Deshaun Watson at 7,000, who like his, the rest of the season has been priced low 6,000s or mid 6,000s, jumps up to 7K here and is the third highest priced quarterback on this, as you call it. Yeah. Baron QB slate. Um, it is, is there anyone that like stands out at this top range as being a must play? Yeah, those three guys, I mean, I know we talked about this on our QB uh, first look uh, that's on the website, but you, I know you like Aaron Rodgers more than Watson. I like Watson better, um, but I wrote that before uh, Tennessee absolutely shut down um, uh, Josh Allen. Uh, they're currently playing right now, and Josh Allen had two interceptions and isn't looking very good, so... Uh, originally, when I first saw it, I was like, hey, Deshaun Watson had his best game of the season last week. He had almost 30 DK points. Maybe he's got something figured out. The offense is kind of moving now. Um, now that uh, Bill O'Brien isn't really slowing them down. But, man, this type, uh, this Tennessee defense looks better than we thought they were going to be. So, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Um, I know you touched on that in your article. But I think mm-hmm. I think that could be as good as advertised. If that, I'm very excited for that game. Uh, I, I think that'll be an awesome game, and that's why I, I like Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to be um, – we know Tampa doesn't have – well, sorry, has a great rushing D, has a kind of mid-range, kind of below-average passing defense, even though this year apparently they're number one against the quarterback. But, I, I mean – I don't know how true that, that is. Like that, yeah. I mean, obviously it is, but it's like how much is that really – right. You don't know how much that is due to the stellar play of the secondary and how much that is due to uh, kind of position Tom Brady is able to put guys in. And like we know, that's what made the Patriots good. Uh, don't get me wrong, they've had a great defense. But the position that Tom Brady puts you in when you're able to pick away at the clock and get up a score or two early and just force these bad decisions from quarterbacks kind of makes that their defense that much better. So not really trusting that number one position rank. Yeah, because if, uh, if you look at the the quarterbacks that are, they've played against, they've gone against Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Drew Locke, uh, Herbert, and then Nick Foles. So, I mean, right. not like terrible. I mean, obviously Drew Locke and Nick Foles. And, I mean, those they guys played Drew Brees week one. 
Oh, yeah, Drew Brees week one as well, but I mean that dude has a noodle for an arm. Yeah. Um, yeah, none of them are obviously fantastic, but um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is definitely by far going to be the best uh, uh, quarterback on this slate or that they have and, faced. And it, I'm kind of torn between him and Lamar Jackson. I was debating Lamar Jackson. He's been not not his self this year. Um, has only had one game over 20 DK points, which is just really bizarre. When you think back to last year, he was basically putting up skill player numbers. He was scoring 30, 40 DK points a game. Now he's sitting at an average of, what, 20 fantasy points? But, I mean, we know he has that potential, and he's going against Philly, who, you know, I think is bad. I thought was bad. They played decent. I'm not too sure what to think about Philly anymore, but I'm going to keep calling them bags. I don't think they're that good. Um, I think Lamar, he, he will, he will break out. He'll rush for two touchdowns, probably throw for two, two touchdowns and 250 yards. It will happen this year. Um, it will happen probably in the next couple games. I want to be on Lamar Jackson when it does happen, but it's tough playing 7,700, you know, most expensive quarterback for a guy who hasn't shown yet this year that he has that ceiling. Whereas Aaron Rodgers is going out there throwing three, four touchdowns a game, has yet to throw an interception, is throwing the ball at, you know, 71% completion. He's looking just so good. He's looking MVP-esque with Russell Wilson. So it's tough to pay up for Lamar. Well, Aaron Rodgers has shown that ceiling. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see, see too, um, maybe just the health of Devontae Adams could be the thing that pushes Aaron Rodgers over the um, edge there for kind of 50-50 with it. If Devontae Adams does get back into this game, um, into the uh, – yeah, into the play, then yeah, you love Aaron Rodgers this week. Because the only thing that's uh, potentially limiting for him is if he has the weapons um, to go with it. But um, yeah, I think that an interesting place to, to attack this Tampa Bay defense is going to be um, something that we'll talk about later. Um, a, little, a little foreshadowing of what's to come. <laughs> a little teaser. Uh, how about this mid-range QB? This uh, mid-6K range? Yeah, so this uh, is going to be... This is going to be where I'm going to be making uh, less of my money, uh, I Agreed. believe. Uh, I think, like I said earlier, it's going to be a Kirk Cousins kind of week where uh, Cook is not looking like he's going to be playing, so more of the offense is going to be put on Cousins' hands. Obviously, they do trust Madison in that offense. Um, unfortunately, DraftKings was ahead of the game and priced up Madison as a, uh, let's see, what is he at, a top four uh, running back, if you don't count Christian McCaffrey. Um See, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a Kirk Cousins kind of week, though, just because that Falcons secondary is really bad at this point. And if there's ever a week that Simmer's going to say, hey, uh, Kirk, go get some confidence. We are going to need you to make some big plays if we're going to go far this year. Um, this would be the week to instill that into uh, their quarterback. Another play that I like um, that is worth keeping an eye on is Cam Newton. Uh, obviously, yep. right now, he is, the, he is the COVID-19 designation. But if there's ever a moment where he becomes healthy and all of a sudden he's in this game at a pretty discounted price, um, then, I mean, it's only like a couple hundred dollars. Um, but he's been, when he was playing, he was playing fantastically and going up against the Stanford defense. I think there could definitely be a potential um, steal there with Cam Newton if he is going to be playing. Yeah, 100% agree. If Cam Newton, we see the news that he's eligible to play week six, I will be – I'll really like Cam Newton, I think. 
you know, in a Baron quarterback slate, as we've said, this is kind of a spot that I'll be looking towards. I think 6,500 is a very fair price for him. Uh, he's had two two great games this year, and then uh, rough showing against Las Vegas. Las Vegas uh, just kind of dealt with him as they needed to. Uh, put the ball in the hands of Rex Burkhead, who went off. But uh, I, now he's had a week or two of rest after – I, I mean, as much as you can rest with COVID-19, I don't know what his symptoms were, but I, he, he should come back fired up, ready to play, and he's has a favorable matchup against Ember. So really like Cam Newton. Um, the guy I like talking about in our article on handsdowndfs.com was Matt Stafford. Jacksonville has played uh, three quarterbacks who have had maybe not the best uh, DK, DFS days, but you had Ryan Fitzpatrick score three touchdowns on them, and Joe Burrow come out throw 300 yards and Deshaun Watson uh, last week put up something like 20, well, I can look, 28 DK points, if I remember correctly. Deshaun Watson, yeah, put up 29.9. 29, yeah. So three three game or three quarterbacks against this Jacksonville team in a row have just kind of chewed them up. Uh, I think Stafford in a pass-heavy offense, as Detroit is, can do the same. Uh, you're not really going to rely on Adrian Peterson too much in your backfield because – I don't know. Does he have the stamina to rush the ball 20 times? He's, I mean, I guess he's done it this year, so he does. But, I mean, this is just a team that where I think you have weapons all around Stafford in Galladay and uh, TJ Hawkinson and Marvin Jones Jr., who are fully capable of making big plays. So I think Stafford can go out and put up a big performance this week. Yeah, no, I love that uh, passing offensive um... Detroit, and I think they are very explosive and uh, against a really weak Jacksonville um, secondary. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Yeah. Uh, looking into the value, I don't see too much value on this slate. Uh, I have some interest in Ryan Tannehill. He's, you know, as we mentioned, this Tennessee uh, game, Tuesday night football is going on as we speak. He looks from the, just watching the first half, he looked fairly decent. He was hitting the throws he needed to. Like there was a point. Yeah, he was there. in the throws he needed to be to. Um, there's also a point in the fourth quarter where he had more rushing yards than Derrick Henry, um, which is crazy. He had a 32, 32 yard scamper. Um, so yeah, he can definitely ran in for a touchdown where I thought he almost tore his ACL while celebrating. Um, yeah. So almost immediately redacted my post about Ryan Tannehill as I saw that, but luckily he got back up. He's fine. So I liked Ryan Tannehill this week. Uh, Fitzpatrick is man he's just been climbing this price chart started down at 5200 is now up to 5900 against a terrible Jets team uh, I mean Fitzpatrick has had uh, three straight games no four straight games of over 25 DK points put up 30 last week in San Francisco I see no reason why he can't do that again uh, Miles Gaskin's a guy that a lot of people have talked about just because he's always been cheap and he's the I guess has emerged as the running back one for Miami, but still hasn't been able to put up, you know, big running back one numbers. It's been all on Ryan Fitzpatrick's arm. And this guy is young at heart and man, as he's been slinging it. I like him too this week. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, yeah, nothing, nothing to say against that. Do you have any value quarterbacks you like? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. Uh, Daniel Jones, potentially, um, but the quarterback, I mean, 
like we said earlier, hasn't thrown a touchdown in the last four weeks. So that's just a tough, tough place. I think that middle range is going to be where I make most of my money. Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys in that middle range that I want to play. So, yeah, I agree. That's probably where I'll be going, maybe throwing in Aaron Rodgers or two, but I'm attacking that middle range. But we'll go on the running backs, which, again, kind of kind of odd week where you're seeing a lot of a lot of names you normally see down the list kind of on that front page. Uh, Dalvin Cook likely not playing. They priced up Madison up to 7200 Uh Just right off the bat, are you playing Madison at this price? This seems kind of high in my opinion. Yeah, it does seem kind of high for me. Um, just Atlanta obviously is a poor defense, but most of it is the secondary. Um, I mean, obviously they're 28th against the running back, and if Minnesota does get a lead, we know that Zimmer loves to just kind of milk out the uh, clock. Um, I think Minnesota, their defense isn't necessarily the greatest, and so it's potentially a spot where it could turn into a shootout. Um, and if it does get that way, or if you think it's to a point where Minnesota gets down early, Madison kind of becomes a very, very overpriced play where you're getting a running back two for top five, like uh, money-wise. Right. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't love it. Um, I think there's going to be other places to go. I, I got excited because I was like, ooh, like maybe Madison's going to be good this week, maybe at like 4K. And to see him at 72 just hurt bad. Yeah, and it, it's it's a risky play because we, you know, Atlanta's bad. Don't get me wrong, but they've shown at least this year that they can put up points, like we saw that Dallas game. So it's not a game that Minnesota, I think, I don't think they'll they'll blow Atlanta out. I think it will stay within reach of – Atlanta will stay within reach of Minnesota, maybe even take the lead. And I think that kind of risk that you're taking with maybe Minnesota have to play play from behind, and we know Kirk Cousins likes to to sling the ball downfield. It's kind of a risk I don't want to take when you're paying that much where you can go pay $100 more and get Derrick Henry, a guy who's – you know, literally seeing almost, well, as of now, I don't know how this uh, Tennessee game is going to end, but it's seeing 27 handoffs a game. Um, I mean, that's just so much production. And when you have that safety net, where, whereas Madison, we don't know what he's going to do in this first game as a starting running back, I'd much rather pay up for Henry, either even Aaron Jones against a tough Tampa Bay defense. I think it is a safer play as well as a more high ceiling play than Madison at 7,200. Um, and here's so, yeah, so, yeah, go ahead. And like I said earlier, I was foreshadowing where I like to attack this Tampa Bay defense. It's actually going to be at the running back position this week um, and kind of moving forward. One of the big reasons that Tampa Bay was so good against the run was because they had a giant stop gap in the middle with Vita Vey and he broke his ankle. Um, you hate to see it. You hate to see the injury. But Vita Vey is no longer going to be a part of that defense. And if you take away their defensive tackle who can take on two blockers and can really clog the middle and all of a sudden that totally frees up, maybe it's Aaron Jones. Maybe it's even um, Jamal Williams. Uh, maybe it's any of the thousands of guys that uh, seem to be coming out of that uh, Packers backfield who are still putting up decent points. Um, it's crazy because they have kind of a running back by committee, but they all seem to be getting points. So um, any of those guys I really do like um, in kind of a, it kind of looks scary position, but it really shouldn't be as scary as it looks on paper. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, 
who is, if we haven't already discussed, who's your favorite running back play just in general this week? Because there's a lot of mid-range guys who kind of stand out to me who, I don't know, kind of you you think of as a more of a value play or a mid-range play in previous weeks, but now they're priced up. So who who are you liking this week as your favorite play? Yeah, I mean, James Robinson is a guy that I want to like. Um, I've loved his kind of story coming out. Um, this year and how good he looked the first couple of weeks, but these last couple have been tough. And um, he had, uh, I mean, obviously he started off with that tough game against Indianapolis, but then he had a 24 and 30 point performance. You're like, oh, hey, James Robinson. And he's kind of gone back, uh, regressed back to that uh, kind of weaker performance, even against teams like Cincinnati and Houston, who aren't great um, uh, defensively against the run. But a guy that I really do like, um, at least I want to like is David Montgomery. Um, a lot of my uh, going into a slate, I kind of, uh, one of the spots that I like going after is the Carolina rushing defense. The Carolina rushing defense has been absolutely pitiful. Um, they gave up the 28 points to Todd Gurley uh, last week. They gave up a couple, I think a three touchdown game to Josh Jacobs. Uh, and it was kind of a brutal showing. And David Montgomery, you think, oh, well, Chicago doesn't really have that strong of a running game. He's had uh, two games so far this year where he had uh, he had one 21-point game and another 18.9 uh, game. So he has shown that he has that potential, and I do like David Montgomery this week against a pretty bad um, Panthers defense. Right. Yeah, and David Montgomery, you know, looking at his stats, you see only 10 rushing attempts, 10, 14, 16. But then Tariq Cohen got injured uh, week one, week two, I forget when exactly, but is on the IR. And then you see Dave Montgomery just spike in the passing game, which, you know, as we know, for a full PPR lead like DK is, it just gives them that much more of a floor. And on a team that you say, you know, traditionally you think Chicago's a weaker rushing team, don't really have that guy that stands out as a, the prime running back. But Montgomery is – like he's he's been that guy the past couple of weeks and he's still sub 6k which kind of makes you you know he's in that range where he, these guys aren't really a clear running back one like a clear really good play but they can go off any week so i like montgomery uh, as well this week yeah, for sure um, how do you feel about um the the the, the, the cleveland backfield don't love it um I thought week uh, week five was kind of weird. Uh, what did Ernest Johnson do? Ernest Johnson. Not much. Yeah, four point. He had eight handoffs, eight uh, attempts. Only had four point six fantasy points. That's including a catch. I didn't love what I saw of him and Kareem Hunt and do much much better. Uh, I don't like this Cleveland backfield. I like it better when Chubb is the number one and Kareem Hunt's the number two kind of Kareem passing Hunt, backfield. I mean, Kareem Hunt did have 18 DK points last week. So so not bad. Not as I, I thought he did much worse. I guess he just didn't pop off the page, which made me think he didn't do great. But, you know, I, I don't, don't know if he's – you mentioned guys like Robinson um, and David Montgomery who are well below him in price. So I, I don't think they'll go to Hunt uh, – especially against the Sealers rush defense who, well, I mean, who we, we think is good, but also just gave up a huge game to Miles Sanders. So I, I'm not loving Kareem Hunt, but 
it, maybe if I see this Pittsburgh rushing game falter again, I'll start attacking them some more. Um, that would be a good leverage play, but I don't think I'm going to Cleveland this week. Gotcha. What about Antonio Gibson? Um, last week we kind of saw him get um, not as involved as we would hope he would be. He had 11 rushing attempts. He had, did have five targets. I mean, he was getting a little bit of the looks, but he only was able to get out 10 fantasy points. But the week before yeah. that against Baltimore, he was able to have 23 points. Do you think this is a bounce-back week against the Giants? I I really hope so because Antonio Gibson's a guy I love. I think – I think he's a great football player, and I really wish Washington would do him justice and give him like a full workload, the full 20 touches a game, because I think he can go off. He is a great running back. I loved what I saw from him at the Baltimore. I was watching that game, and he looked really good out of the backfield. Um, along a similar line as Gibson, um, you know, much better, much more noticeable as Jonathan Taylor up at 6,400, who I think is in the same boat. This guy is an amazing running back. Great, probably one of the – it'll be between him and Edwards Allaire as the number one rookie running back. But the, the Colts just aren't giving him enough touches. Uh, he had 12 against Cleveland. I know they were playing from behind, and that kind of played towards Philip Rivers' new alarm. But I, I think Taylor just needs to be involved as Derrick Henry is, where no matter the game situation, he needs to be – he needs to have the ball in his hands because he can make plays happen. So both of those guys, I really like as a high ceiling kind of GPP play, but they are risky because they, I mean, it just seems like their teams are not giving them the full workload that they need. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you're just talking about Philip Rivers. I feel like we're definitely in a weird point um, in NFL history where a lot of those great quarterbacks are kind of now starting to fade out. Um, I wouldn't say Tom Brady's necessarily there yet, but I mean, you have Drew Brees, you have Philip Rivers and, it's just kind of weird that we're kind of stuck in some offenses that are kind of being hindered by uh, an older veteran, not really being who we um, are used to him being. Right. So uh, let's move along to receivers. Unless there's a, is there anyone value wise that you think stands out? Or um, David Johnson's been low price. David Johnson's been low, low price for, last four weeks and I want him to be doing better but I don't know he's just not getting it done but that'd be potentially a spot but other than that I don't think so yeah maybe I I know I mentioned him earlier AP uh, 4700 I guess he's the starting running back for Detroit but again it's kind of like a running back by committee backfield so he's a risk GPP play maybe but I mean he's shown week one he had a really good performance he had a touchdown in week four so maybe AP but again, not much value I see this week. Yeah, I agree. Still, so we'll go on the receivers. Receivers looks like looks much more like uh, what we're used to, and kind of some big names at the top. Devonte Adams, I really hope he plays because I think again this Green Bay Tampa Bay game will be amazing. Um, two Bays going at it, uh, so I hope Devonte Adams plays. But then you got uh, Ridley, who's you know, was already a great wide receiver too, but has really emerged as the wide receiver one as Julio Jones has bat- bat- battled a hamstring injury. Uh, Thielen's had a lot of, you know, very solid weeks. He's been getting a lot of looks from Kirk Cousins, and I know you love Kirk Cousins. So there's definitely some big names. Uh, Tampa Bay guys, again, Evans and Godwin are both capable of doing things from Tom Brady. So there's a lot of big name wide receivers that I like this week. Uh, who do you like the best? 
Yeah, I mean, I, like I've been saying, it's a Kirk Cousins kind of week, um, and you just got to like that. Um, and so Adam Thielen is going to be probably my favorite um, guy just because he is going to be the number one wide receiver of the number one quarterback that I like the best. Um, I think Ridley's going to be in a fine spot, too. We see that statistically um, Minnesota's secondary is worse than Atlanta's secondary. Um, so I think this can definitely be a shootout. It can be a game where um, because we don't necessarily have the higher-priced running backs this week, maybe you can throw both of them. Um, you can stack it up with Kirk Cousins and Thielen, and then you bring back uh, Calvin Ridley, and that's kind of your uh, three-game or your three-player stack in that game. Yeah. Yeah, and I love those guys that you can kind of stack without paying up. I mean, I know uh, Ridley and Thielen would both be big payups, but the fact that Kirk Cousins you can get so cheap, I love taking that cheap quarterback and stacking with their big receivers because those are their go-to guys, so they're capable of big points. Um, I, I completely agree with Thielen. Thielen's, I liked him week one and two. He, he's been my go-to receiver. I like him again here. I think he's due for a big week against Atlanta, who we know their secondary is just terrible this year. Um, uh, kind of going down the list, I, I know I mentioned there's a lot of big-name receivers. None of them kind of stand out in the best position to me. Uh, I would say the Tampa Bay guys, because I think that game's going to be a shootout. But we know Tom Brady – loves spreading the ball around, loves getting everyone touches. We'll get Scotty Miller some touches and Tyler Johnson some touches and Cameron Brayton, Gronk. And, you know, it, it's possible that this game ends like 35-35 with the Tampa Bay scoring five touchdowns and uh, it will be five different guys. So it's hard for me to go pick a Tampa Bay receiver who I like. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that um, for sure. Especially when you have a guy – I mean, when we're looking at – um if you're looking at Mike Evans, you have a guy um, like uh, Dillon just a little bit above him. And then if you're looking at Godwin, you have Devontae Parker, who's just been absolutely balling out um, recently. I say that he had only 13 points last week, but it feels like he's been balling out because this Miami defense or this Miami offense is apparently the greatest offense in the world, putting up 47 on the sure. uh, 49ers. And then you also have Odell Beckham a little bit above him, um, where we just saw uh, the Steelers give up, uh, 35-ish DK points to Travis Fulgham. Um, it kind of scares me to think what Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry can do to that secondary if the uh, pass rush isn't getting to Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and uh, I, surprisingly, Baker Mayfield uh, has had, uh, according to the next-gen stats, I think either the number one or number two most time to throw in the pocket. Uh, he did last that, year, too, and people yeah. – yeah, people kept kept blaming the offensive line for for his struggles, but no, yeah, that that is a solid offensive line that they have over um, in Cleveland. Yeah, so if if Pittsburgh can't get pressure on uh, on Mayfield, yeah, I like Beckham. Even if they can't get uh, pressure on Mayfield, I like Landry too. I think I think Landry's that kind of sneaky guy who can, you know, from watching him for years on the Dolphins, can cut across the middle of the field and just kind of catch a seven, eight or a pass and take it 20, 25 yards and just rack up fantasy points. So yeah. And if he's going to be playing, potentially. yeah, if he's going to be the one playing in the slot, um, that's where Fulgham was playing mostly for uh, Philly. And that's what gave us struggles because, or gave us dealers struggles because they have Joe Hayden. And they have Steven Nelson um, on the outsides and they're doing their jobs. They're doing well. Um, Joe, Joe Hayden, at least going into last week had the um, best QBR 
um, as far as a cornerback started being thrown to thrown to him. Um, but it, it was Mike Hilton, who's our slot corner, who has really given up some big yards. And uh, if potentially it becomes a problem, it'll be an issue. To, or it'll be interesting to see if the Steelers move maybe Mika Fitzpatrick down into the slot, who has played some slot cornerback. But um, if that's not the case, Jarvis Landry should be able to have his way against Mike Hillen, unfortunately. Yeah, so I, I do like that spot. I, a guy I really like, um, I think is still criminally underpriced here, is Kenny Galladay. Uh, last year, unless I'm going crazy, I'm pretty sure Galladay was close to being a, a $7,000 receiver like every week last year. Oh, so, no, yeah, he was fantastic. He was one of the so best players. Yeah, to see him at like barely over 6,000. Uh, coming off an injury, he had two you know pretty good games 17 17.7 and 16.2 dk points nice and rested coming off a bye gets to go into jacksonville who as we mentioned before as i mentioned with stafford has given up given up plenty of yards plenty of touchdowns to the passing game so i think galladay's in a great spot and likewise uh we're, i haven't even seen his price but wherever marvin jones jr is 5100 it doesn't it doesn't even matter where he's where he's uh, yeah. priced at if he's under Galladay, under 6K, I think he's still in a good spot. He has, he doesn't have the safety net that Galladay has because he is the second target, maybe the third now. Hawkinson's kind of taken over those second most targets, but Marvin Jones Jr. we've seen have huge ceiling games. So I think both of them are in play against Jacksonville. Let me give you three ga- three guys who all kind of had big games last week, probably maybe are fluky, maybe are not. Um, and let me know who you like um, the best out of uh, the three of them. Cool. Sure. So you get Preston Williams at 4,700. I know he's your Miami guy going up against the Jets. Just keep that in mind, going up against the Jets. And then you have Brandon Cooks um, last week had a phenomenal 31 or 33-point game uh, going up against Tennessee. And then you have Chase Claypool, obviously had the monster game going up against Cleveland. Um, who of those guys do you like? I went in reverse order as far as pricing. Do you like any of those guys to have maybe not as good of a game? Cause I don't think Claypool or any of those guys will necessarily have as good of a game as they did, but who is who's legit. I, I would say in order, I'd go cooks, Claypool Williams. Uh, I, I like Williams because he's on my basketball team and because he's on the Dolphins, and I thought he looked really good last year, but he hasn't been getting the looks this year. Um, yeah, yeah, he did have a great game against the 49ers, but it's a game where the Dolphins also scored 47 points, and that I can basically guarantee you that we will not score more than that this year. So I don't think that will happen again. Uh, I think Cooks is much more likely to maybe not put up 33 DK points, but kind of retain this form. Um Houston's in need of a jump start in their offense. And I think Tennessee, this game against uh, Buffalo just ended, they put up 42 points against the Buffalo defense, who is pretty good. So without Tredavious White tonight, which is fair to say. um, Okay. On the Buffalo side, but. That's fair. But I, I still think this Tennessee offense is really good. And Houston being really bad this year, we'll be playing from behind and we'll be going to the air the entire game. Um, therefore, uh, don't like David Johnson, but I think Brandon Cooks is definitely possible. We'll he'll you know he'll continue to get you know, maybe not twelve targets, but eight eight targets a game or so, and have productive days. 
you mentioned Ch- uh, Chase Claypool. He had obviously a fantastic week five. Uh, I think I think this offense is kind of what we see with the Falcons, um, maybe the Bucks, where there's so many guys that Roethlisberger can go to, whether it's Connor out of the backfield or Deontay Johnson. We obviously saw it towards the beginning of the year, was getting tons of targets. Juju Smith-Schuster is always a touchdown threat. Uh, James Washington's had some good games. So I think there's a lot of weapons on the Steelers offense. Kind of hard for me to pay up this price for him. I think if we let them kind of have a couple bad games, he drops back down to mid 4K range. You know, I'll play him again there because he's obviously capable of that ceiling. Yeah, Yeah, I think uh, everything you said is good. I didn't even throw in Travis Fulgham because if you get guys like Deshaun Jackson and – Alshon Jeffrey back. I don't. I don't think he's going to be doing yeah, what he did um, again. And against going up against Baltimore, I don't think that's a good spot for any of the wide receivers there. But yeah, no, I think you. Yeah, I agree. Um, a sneaky spot. Just talking about the Steelers really quick. Um, Deontay Johnson, if he is fine to play, um, it's from an injury standpoint, uh, he's at forty nine hundred. Um, it's pretty lower down. Um, but if you're looking at forty nine hundred, you have Jarvis Landry at the same price, you might as well just pay him or play him because I think Jarvis Landry is criminally priced. Um, so I think I think he will Great be receiver. Yeah, he'll be Some able to do. Guy. Yeah, he'll be able to do his job um, this week. Uh, you ready to move on tight ends? Let's do it. All right, tight ends. We got Mark Andrews. Okay, let's go on the defense now. Um, <laughs> so on the defensive this- side. <laughs> <laughs> this tight end field is is weaker than normal. We're without Kelsey, we're without Kittle, we're without uh, Waller. So we got Andrews number one. Gisecki what are you going to do first. without Waller, man? I don't know. I played him who, at least four of these five play? weeks. I mean, Andrews, I guess, he continues to catch touchdowns, so might as well play Andrews. Um, I like Hawkinson. I, I like this Detroit offense this week. I mean, I'm just going to flat out say that if you're on the Detroit offense, there's a good chance. Uh, you're in my lineup. Uh, Johnny Smith looked really good tonight. Had a decent game, so I think he's going to be in play against Houston. Uh, it's kind of like a weird where I think these guys are good value plays, but the fact that they're you know maybe the fourth or the fifth highest priced tight end is kind of weird to me. Uh, who, who do you like in these tight ends? Yeah, I mean Gasecki looks good going up against the Jets. Um, Hawkinson, like you were saying, um, there's one. Tight, I mean, you look at before we get into that tight end. There's Tanyan. Um, obviously, he had the monster. Um, how many touchdowns did he have last game? What was it? Three. Yeah, three touchdown game um, against Atlanta. But uh, Tampa Bay has probably two of the best young defensive players against the tight end in uh, White, Devin White, and Antoine. Antoine. How do you say that? Winfield. Whatever Winfield's first name is. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But Evan Ingram. Gosh. Man, like it should happen. It should make sense. It should be good play. The stars are aligned for him. It, like, oh, everything in me just wants to have full confidence in Evan Ingram. And I know he's going to get a six yard rushing touchdown to start the game. I'm going to get excited. And then he's going to just wet the bed again. Um, Washington is the 32nd ranked defense. Um, Just in case for those keeping the track at home, that's the worst defense in the NFL. as far as the tight ends go. Um, I just, 
there's no reason Ingram shouldn't have a great game. This should be the week that uh, Daniel Jones breaks his four-game, you no know, throwing a touchdown, um, passing touchdown slid um, or skid. Yeah, just it should happen. Will it? It's when we don't know. It's one of those things. You play the law of large numbers. Uh, Daniel Jones is going to throw a passing touchdown this year. Like, he's not going to go 10 more weeks without throwing one. So, it's going to happen. It it should have happened already. So, I think it will be this week. And if it's not this week, then I think it will be next week and so on until he does. But I I don't know. I, I'm in the same boat. I think Evan Ingram is a great play, and I don't know why he continues to not get the target share that he should be getting. I don't, I don't know either. Um, but if you're going to go even lower, Cameron Brate, um filling in for OJ Howard. He's been looking pretty good these last couple of weeks. Tom Brady already has a pretty good connection with him. Um, he's just kind of one of those tight ends that knows how to get into the right spots. Um, we've talked about how bad Atlanta's secondary is uh, enough times. I think you actually skip on Kyle Rudolph and you go uh, even lower down to uh, Irv Smith. I think that's low. That's going to be the uh, better spot there because um, he's at 2,500, um, which is the minimum for a tight end. And uh, we saw last week, let's see how many DK points did he have last week? Yeah, he had 10 DK points um, against Seattle, who Seattle is one of the best against tight ends. Uh, they don't have Jamal Adams, so it's a little bit of a weaker defense than they usually are at. But um, he had a very impressive game against a pretty strong defense. So. I I really like Irv Smith as my, like, kind of complete punt on the uh, tight end. Yeah, he'll definitely allow you to pay up. And if he continues to get, you know, the targets he saw last game, he's 100% worth it. Uh, let, let the guy me, I'm kind of looking at now. Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah, so what I'm just going to do is I'm going to create a lineup really quick. And if you guys put um, Kirk Cousins and then you throw – his two wide receivers in there, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, and then you bring it back with Calvin Ridley, and then you throw in Irv Smith Jr. with them. You get five thousand um, average per player, um, and then if let's just I'm just gonna pick up middle of the line three thousand defense. Um, you get almost six thousand uh, per player left, which is a pretty cool. good spot for your running backs and your flex, and you're getting um, a lot of good. Uh, usage there so I, I think that could definitely be a lineup spot for you plus like maybe, i mean maybe you don't want three pass catchers for minnesota but if you brought that feeling down to you know we were talking about some of these other good guys like parker oh. or robbie answering a galladay that gets you you can basically buy whoever you want so yeah, yeah i agree um a tight end i want to mention because i liked him last week austin hooper uh since week one, he's only gone up in targets. He went from two to four to seven to ten last week. Uh, he, it, I, it looks like, you know, looking at the stat sheet, his involvement in the offense is increasing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Pittsburgh is, uh, where are they ranked against tight end? Uh, sixth against tight end is at a legit sixth. Yeah, I was going to before I, before I even saw the number, I was like, we should be pretty good because we have a. Uh, Devin Bush and um, Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds kind of roam in the back or roam in that area for the tight end. So, yeah, I think we're we're legitimately that good at tight ends. 
Even so, we saw what Hooper could do in Atlanta, um, and he hasn't done it yet in Cleveland until we saw last week. He kind of did his thing. Sorry, I just, uh, I just think that's funny. <laughs> Was are, are the Steelers that legit? Yes. And screw that anyway. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let you kind of talk me out of this cliff of Austin Hooper. I'm going to keep <laughs> pounding at him until I convince you to come to the dark side. Not going to happen, buddy. That's okay. No, but come on, Hooper. If he's getting ten targets at thirty nine hundred, I'm playing. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't care that's good. Against. But then we also see Zach Ertz. I mean, we know Zach Ertz isn't hasn't had the best season so far. But I mean, he had six targets, was only able to catch one of those passes for six yards. I mean, Steelers pretty good against the tight end. Okay, fine. I also said they were pretty good against running backs when we saw what Miles Sanders did. Okay, so that. Now I want back to, on, to back on the. <laughs> we'll see where I land on Hooper. Stay tuned. Um, I just I, I feel like it, for him getting ten targets, having a decent game, going down in price is kind of kind of a spot that should be attacked. But if, if he is going against Pittsburgh, he is going against Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh is that good, I'll, I'll stay off him. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, on the defense, first look at defense. Ravens ahead of everyone in the pack. They had that huge game against Joe Burrow. Uh, you paying up for defense this week? Um, let's see. Because obviously there are good spots this week, but I got to see the value area. Um, probably. Did that sound? Oh, no. Uh, I like the Titans. I like the Titans' defense at 2,800. Um, they just obviously shut down um, the Bills, and they have looked really good. Malcolm Butler had two interceptions. Um, and so, obviously, this Houston def- or offense is kind of starting to click a little bit, and we've kind of talked about Watson. We've talked about um, Brandon Cooks kind of getting into their own. But, I mean, if David Johnson can't uh, produce on the offense in this uh, tight end secondary can kind of just drop back into coverage and force Watson to make some errant throws. I, I like the Titans' defense. Okay. Uh, I think this is hilarious. I haven't, haven't seen this before. you got the Bengals at the bottom, but then you have the Falcons against Minnesota and then Minnesota <laughs> against the Falcons right next to each other, 22, 2300. Is this game I'm checking the, I'm checking the sports book right now. Is this game projected to score like 80 points? And I don't know. Cause I don't, why are they both so low? Uh, I mean, it would make sense. I mean, both teams are gonna, both teams are gonna be able to score the ball. I mean, the yeah. Vikings have this. What are you saying? I mean, they've got a 55, 55 over under right now, so it's gonna be a high scoring game. But I mean, one of them is gonna lose. So it, and you know, that means one of them will score less points than the others. So, <laughs> so one of them is gonna be tie. better. We'll one, one of them is gonna be better, and they're both like dirt cheap. Might be yeah. worth the look. Yeah, potentially. I, I would definitely, uh, if we're going to do that logic, pick the pick the Vikings because the Falcons are terrible. Yeah, agree. Yeah. I, I mean, even even though Miami just had a great offensive game, we know Fitz Tragic exists. Jets at 2,400. Kind of tempting. Tempting, um, tempting, tempting. Where are the Dolphins? Dolphins are at 2,900. Going up against the Jets. You know, yeah, I also like that spot. Hey, breaking news. This just in. Le'Veon Bell, not on the Jets anymore. So... Dolphins. Hey, he may be on the Dolphins by Friday. We'll see. That's my hot take. That's, yeah, by Friday? 
Okay, maybe not by Friday, but he's yeah. he's going to the Patriots. Don't don't try to convince yourself. Bill Belichick is just eating the nice juicy steak now, thinking about Le'Veon Bell rushing for 120 yards and three <laughs> touchdowns against the Jets in a couple weeks. So sad. Um, I, I guess we did. Did we cover defense enough? Um, sure. Why not? Okay. First look. Yeah. Uh, Ravens, good play. You know, also got some value plays for defense. There's our first look. Uh, uh, th- thank you everyone for listening. Um, check us out at handsdowndfs.com or, or at handsdowndfs on Twitter. We'll have, we, we're basically doing an article every day of the week now. We have our picks for each position coming out throughout the week leading up. Uh, Saturday, we normally have our final picks article where we go back, look at our picks, kind of make some adjustments based off, you know, injury news or just more analysis that we see. And we've also been having uh, articles out for every showdown slate. So check us out on our Twitter or our website and, you know, give us a read, give us a comment or any feedback you have. Uh, Scotty, any, anything else? No. Yeah. Just we love engagement and continue to provide feedback. Um, We just love kind of getting a pulse on where you guys are at. Um, If we're bringing you guys value or um, something that we can do to improve, um, the show and to improve the articles um we just yeah want to get some feedback want to get some interactions we love whenever we get specific questions on our articles or on something that we said because we love to uh love to do whatever you guys uh want us to do so yeah just feel free to reach out whenever you guys want to yeah we love backing up our picks because we don't like being wrong is what scotty's trying to say so feel free shoot us any questions um Thanks for to Optimal DFS, of course. If you want to try them out, click the link down in the description. And we'll get you a three-day free trial for their premium, which is already dirt cheap to begin with. So check them out. Uh, th- thank you, as always, for listening. And until next time, good luck in your week six games. See you.